Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We're in partnership with Hockey Art Co, hockey clothing for hockey people, worn by the best and hated by the rest. Listeners to Zero Pucks Given get a 10% discount on everything site-wide at hockeyartclothing.co.uk. Just enter the code ZP10 upon checkout to get your discount. We are also sponsored by Manscaped, redefining the gentleman with top-of-the-range grooming male grooming products, Listen out a little bit later for more details about Manscaped, where you can get 20% off plus free shipping on all Manscaped products when you use the code, all caps, zero pucks. We are now also on the Sports Social Podcast Network. You can find all the episodes as well as a wealth of sporting podcasts from different sports from around the world on their website. This is episode 80. I'm Ben. Welcome along. And we've got the match reports from an exciting weekend of South Cup action with a sprinkling of league fixtures, the exclusive coaches' thoughts, player of the week, a look at the table and next week's fixtures. Firstly, before we get to any of the NHL 1 South, we've got to go with Team GB. The senior men's side have advanced to the final round of Olympic qualifiers for the 2026 Winter Olympics, which is absolutely incredible. The, uh, the senior men... Sort of stationed in Cardiff, beat China by 10 goals to 1, they beat Serbia by 11 goals to nil, and they beat Romania 7-4, which is just astonishing stuff from the senior men. Looking forward to that final round of Olympic qualifying now, where the lads have to try and get themselves to the next Winter Olympics. A tough group, but they can do it. The senior GB ladies also playing in a Four Nations tournament over in Copenhagen. Didn't fare quite as well as the men, unfortunately. The first game saw a 2-0 defeat by Italy. Incredibly attritional games of hockey, though, for the female team. A 5-1 defeat to Poland and a 3-2 defeat to the host Denmark. So three defeats for the ladies, but as I said, attritional games where they do work incredibly hard. And I think that the advancement of the game in this country is only going to help them ladies moving forward. And of course, next week, we will be catching up with Rachel Cartwright, who was a part of that senior GB ladies squad for the Four Nations in Denmark. So with the international stuff all out of the way, let's discuss our domestic ice hockey. In the news, we have a little dops update after the Slough versus Chelmsford Cup semi-final. Luke Smithill has eventually been given a six-game ban for cross-checking, resulting in an injury. Four games plus two games for breaching 10 penalty points. 
A bit of roster news that I missed last week as well. 16-year-old Ethan Taylor added to the Oxford City Stars roster for the remainder of the season. But the big news confirmed that just this weekend, just gone, is the playoff finals news. After the completion of the quarterfinals over the Easter weekend, the four winning teams from the Britain division will join the four winning teams from the Wilkinson division for a dual league finals weekend at Alexandra Palace. England Ice Hockey have faced a lot of kickback regarding this decision, mostly about the venue rather than having both league finals together. Um, just playing devil's advocate on that weekend, I'm not sure anyone else, anywhere else is, is available. Um, the National League playoff groups will be in full swing, so that takes Milton Keynes off the table. So then you're looking at the other venues in the Britain and the Wilkinson divisions. So that really only leaves two venues big enough to host the finals weekend, which is Ali Pali and possibly Cardiff, but that's a lot of travelling for everyone. Um, now, there's no doubt there's going to be an absolute rush for tickets. Um, as you'll know, that Ali Pali hosted the Wilkinson finals on their own last year, and it was a complete sellout. I, I think it's around a 1,200 capacity, so eight teams is 150 tickets per team, possibly down to 145 to count for event staff and media and the likes. Of course, the price is yet to be revealed, considering last season's Britain finals were priced at £25 adult, 1875 seniors and 12.50 for children. I could see there being a small rise. Would like to see a family ticket option as well. And with only one block of seating, will all with the seats be more expensive than the stand-in? It's, we all need to know. Will they get a big sponsor on board and maybe put some temporary seating in? All that remains to be seen, and time will tell, obviously. My opinion is, well, look, it's not ideal, but something needed to change because the Britain finals at Milton Keynes have been a bit embarrassing in years gone by. You know, less than a quarter four, it's not a good look for the league. And, and whilst I'm sure the clubs appreciate that the fans do travel to these showpiece weekends because it's normally a big outlay on tickets, travel and accommodation, etc. As hockey fans, we're aware that stuff like this happens every year. Um, so we sort of plan for it. Unfortunately, the governing bodies that organise it all are not going to please everybody all of the time. My one hope after all of this is that they are able to stream the weekend online for those that aren't able to make it. Um, and as a side note, I'd love to have a go at the commentary if there was a chance as well. Um, I will be joining the, the lads at 4000 and counting later this week. So I'm sure this will be the bone of contention that we do talk about. So let me know on the socials your thoughts regarding the playoff weekend, the, the dops or any other issues that that you know will raise opinions. So, right, let's get down to the games from the weekend. A full programme Saturday, three games Sunday, and let's get started at the Sapphire, where the Devils visited the Bucks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. A rainy, rumpered evening as the Buccaneers welcomed the Devils, having defeated them a couple of weeks back in the League Cup. This league fixture started with a bang when Caps assisted Joe Tamarlin to make it 1-0. The home side doubled their lead when Kazakhs assisted TJ Anderson, who made it 2-0. The second saw a fight back from the visitors as Cooper and Campbell assisted Connor Hutchinson for 2-1. After Forsyth took a slashing penalty, the Devils found themselves pulling the game level when Pitts and Murray assisted Liam Coleman to make it 2-2 shorthanded goal. Into the third, and after both sides took some penalties, it was the home side that eventually broke the deadlock, as Hill and Pascali assisted TJ Anderson 
for his second goal, making it 3-2 to the Buccaneers. And what an incredible result that is for Jason Buckman's boys. Ryan Sutton and Sonny Phillips take the man of the match honours, and after the game, Alex Murray gave his thoughts to ZPG. Looking into this weekend, we had a single fixture away to Rumford on the Saturday, which is a little bit weird to be playing away from home on a on a Saturday. But that said, um, we were up there a little bit shorthanded because our Div 2 team had a game and our 18s because for some strange reason, we, you know, the IHA want to put in um, all these games on the same day. But um, we were a bit short and we knew that the Raiders didn't have a game themselves in National, which naturally brought the likes of TJ Anderson to the game. But that said, we were still pretty confident, you know, going into the game that we would be able to get a result. Um, went down 2 0 pretty quickly. Uh, two good shots, and one was a mistake from us that led to the goal, the other, a, a pretty good take on that. So we were playing catch up. But I'll be honest with you, from 2 0 down, I don't think, I think we dominated from there on in. I think we had so many chances, and Sonny Phillips just pretty much stood on his head. I mean, the guy got man of the match, I think. We were also not clinical enough. I think we didn't take our chances. We had a couple of empty nets, open nets. Um, we had some high danger, you know, scoring chances, which we didn't capitalise on. And it's the same old thing. Whilst we're we're pretty good at setting up on our power play and getting going, we just lack that killer instinct, I think. And when we got it back to two-two, we know we're probably the, the favourites there. But an unfortunate mistake in our end led to their third. And they, you know, credit to them, they held on. You know, we pushed. You know, at the end of Definitely thought we were going to get one, but Sonny was a was a complete brick wall. And credit to him, and credit to to Romford. They're a great outfit. The, the the kids are, you know, a really talented bunch over there. And and yeah, they they, they did great and and deserve their win for holding on. The Riverside in Chelmsford doesn't often see Saturday night hockey with the Chieftains, so it's always a special atmosphere when it happens. Boosted by a full away section of loud Invicta Dynamos fans for the South Cup tie. And a really even start to the game saw chances for both, but both goalies showing they were meaning business. The Chieftains did take the lead after a period of prolonged pressure when Grant Bartlett and the incredibly hard-working Tommy Huggett against his former team assisted Chieftains captain Alan Lack to fire past Ryder from the slot for 1-0 on 526. The home side kept the pressure on and doubled their advantage when Kieran Rayner collected a loose puck in the offensive zone to go mono a mono with Ryder and finish past him from the right circle for 2-0 on 7-0-2. A few minutes later, the Moes began to push back, creating some excellent plays between Laschek, Saw and Springer Hughes. And after winning the puck in the offensive zone, Scott and Laschek assisted from behind the goal to find Owen Dell to make it 2-1 on 10-31. The Moes had a power play chance on 17:39 when Tommy Huggett sat for two for charging, but the Chieftains killed off well. Into the second, and the Chieftains started on the front foot and forced Ryder into a series of incredible saves before extending the lead when Fillery assisted Kieran Rayner for his second to make it 3-1 on 26:12. Shortly after, Chelmsford were on the power play after Dan Scott kept hold of Alan Lack, and in the resulting power play, despite not being able to pin the Dynamos into their own defensive zone, with the puck behind the goal, Damon Porter put the puck into the crease, where it hit Aaron Strawson's across the line for 4-1 on 29.35, power play goal. A small period of 4-4 four four after Rayner and Strawson took consecutive penalties for slashing and hooking respectively, but no further goals in the second. Into the third and the Chieftains pushed further ahead when Porter took the puck over the blue line and fed Grant Bartlett in the high slot for a neat finish for 5-1 on 41-33. And a couple of minutes later, he was at it again when Alan Lack's hard work in the offensive zone gave Grant Bartlett the chance for his second, to which he duly obliged, making it 6-1 on 
A change in net for the Dynamos as Matt Friend comes in for Owen Ryder. Before an unfortunate injury as James Lehman collides with the glass next to the Chiefs' bench. Both physios on as James left the ice, wishing him a speedy recovery. The most pushed forward with some nice plays that they had been putting together all night and clanged the iron once or twice, but got past Lorde for a second time when Soren Lascek assisted Ruskin Springer-Hughes for a nice finish, making it 6-2 on 50-11. The Moes nearly pulled another back when another neat move saw Stano Lascek sweep the puck goalwards on the turn, but off the post. Straight up the other end for the Chieftains to extend their lead again, where Moltsevan Fillery assisted Kieran Rayner to finish neatly for his hat-trick on 53-33. A minute later and Grant Bartlett joined in on the hat-trick action when Lacken King laid on the assists to make it 8-2 on 54-47. As the game was winding to a close, Lack and Laschek had a disagreement right in front of the benches, seeing both sit for five, Laschek the additional two. As we finished the game five on four, but no further goals. 8-2 it finished. Uh, some silliness in the handshakes, seemingly between Lillis and Bartlett. Not entirely fully sure what went on there, but all handbags in the end. Man of the match performances from Owen Dale and Kieran Rayner as the South Cup continues for both sides tomorrow as Chelmsford head to Oxford and Invicta host the Red Hawks. So to the high road, Saturday as the top two in the league go toe-to-toe on the champion's ice and it was the league leaders who took the lead through Ben Ely Newman when he put the loose puck through Matty's legs for 1-0 on 641. The Red Hawks were in the kill, on the penalty kill later when Pitchley took two for interference on 12.44, but it was evened up when Adam Erskine took two for holding on 14.20. And after returning to full strength, the Red Hawks doubled their advantage when Watson Bristle assisted last week's Player of the Week, Ziggy Beasley, to make it 2-0 on 15.16, power play goal. The period break was called 59 seconds early due to rink staff having to deal with blood on the ice after JJ Pitchley was involved in a collision, so the remaining time will be added on to the second which started with a bang as the Slough Jets flew into high gear as Hemmings, Mayer and Erskine got into the danger zone to assist Christian Moore to make it 2-1 on 2018. As the clock ticked over the 27-minute mark, it was a tied game when Holocker and Seb Moore assisted the league's top point scorer Jack Goodchild to make it 2-2 on 27-29. Streatham had another power play chance at Minterstadt for slashing on 32-22. The Jets killed off and then both sides took penalty at the end of the period as Jacob Minter and Benny Lee Newman sat for two for unsportsmanlike conduct and charging, respectively, on 39-31. As the third started, a breakaway by Harvey Briggs saw him haul down and earn a penalty shot, which he got up, dusted himself down to go one-on-one with Brett Massey, but the ref called no goal. Not entirely sure what happened, seemed a goal from some videos, but didn't seem a goal from others. No red light, both liners by the net, so no goal it was. Chances for both through the remainder of the period, but Massey and Milton equal to all. Into overtime we go as the home side put the early pressure on and even clang the iron through Skokan, but from that the break by Slough saw Jack Goodchild end the game on 60-24. A spectacular comeback victory for the Chasers. Cave Humphrey Humphrey and Briggs take the man of the match honours from an exciting precursor to the League Cup final. For Slough they host the Buccaneers on Sunday, while Streatham visiting Victor in the South Cup, knowing two points in next week's home game versus the Buccaneers, will secure the league title and their place at Coventry at the end of April. The final game of Saturday night saw the City Stars travel to the Thunderdome, looking to avenge the defeat that Milton Keynes handed out on their last visit to Oxford. And a pretty decent crowd assembled at Planet Ice MK, 
but it was Oxford that broke the deadlock when young Ethan Taylor netted, assisted by Pentecost and Nethersell, for 1-0 on 6.35. Chances at both ends, but Norton and Miller coming out on top. Stars had a power play chance towards the end of the period, when 7-foot George Howell got two for slashing, but they were unable to extend their lead. Into the second, and the Stars did manage to double their advantage when Watchhorn assisted Matt Lorde, who slipped past Norton at the second attempt for 2-0 on 24-53. The Stars then had a major penalty to kill when Ravenscroft received five-plus game for kneeing, but the Stars held strong for the full five and continued to give MK power play chances after Lorde and Mitchell both took seats, followed by Thunder's Julian Smiths for cross-checking. Into the third and more chances coming for the Stars, who eventually added to their total when Nethersell assisted Dylan Hullaby, extending his lead atop the City Stars point-scoring charts, making it 3-0. And the scoring was completed by Oxford, when Hullaby and Danny Williams assisted Brad Watchhorn, who was unmanned in front of the crease and collected a rebound to make it 4-0 to the City Stars, who avenged their previous defeat. Hickman for MK and Harding for Oxford take the man of the match honours, a shutout for the Stars, and they will head home to face the Chelmsford Chieftains on Sunday. Oxpens Road for a Sunday night game in the South Cup. Fantastic pre-sales for the Stars and kids for a quid meant a rammed barn as the Chieftains were in town. Led out by Dominic Ray, the Stars by Ross Miller and with only four D-men, but the short bench hosts made a fantastic start after the visitors dinged the iron early. Williams and Lorde assisted Theo Bondock to make it 1-0 on 520. A few minutes later, the home side doubled their advantage and it was a familiar face to Chelmsford fans as Mitchell assisted James Pentecost for 2-0 on 12.42. On 1525, Dan Hitchings took a two-minute slashing penalty and on the resulting power play, Watchhorn and Hullaby assisted that man again, James Pentecost, who slotted home for 3-0 to Oxford on 1549, power play goal. Lewis Clifford called timeout to rally his troops that seemed unable to recreate Saturday night's form and his words hit home to good effect as the Chieftains pulled a goal back when Reed and Lack assisted Grant Bartlett for 3-1 on 1634. Into the second, and Chelmsford reignited the flame from the end of the first and made it a one-goal game when Huggett and Lack assisted Grant Bartlett for his second on 21-16. A few minutes later, and Grant Bartlett turned provider along with Lack to assist Tommy Huggett for his first Chieftains goal. He's been working incredibly hard since he arrived and truly deserves to get off the mark, making it 3-3 on 27-06. As Chelmsford continued to apply the pressure, they turned the game around when Jameson and King assisted Damon Porter to make it 4-3 on 31-16. Into the third, and it was like deja vu for the large crowd, as Chieftain stepped up the tempo again as Huggett and Lack assisted Grant Bartlett for his second hat-trick of the weekend for 5-3 on 40-42. On 48-45, the visitors had a power play chance when Mitchell sat for tripping, and in the 5-on-4, Chieftains pulled further away when Barnes-Garner and Bartlett assisted Lee Jamieson for 6-3 on 50-26, power play goal. The home side's misery was compounded from the restart when Reed and Rolf assisted Sasha Moltsev to make it 7-3 on 51-49. As the game was heading towards the final buzzer, Chelmsford would be on the penalty kill for the final 70 seconds after Ben Russell sat for two for slashing, but no further goals. Man of the match beers to Pentecost and Lack, a four-point weekend for the Chieftains in the South Cup, which is shaping up to be a fiercely contested tournament. To the hangar where the Romford Buccaneers landed in town and immediately made an impact as Tamarlin and Markey assisted the ever-impressive Brindley Caps to make it 1-0 on just 13 seconds. The Bucks had a power play chance when Christian Moore sat for hooking on 7.45 but failed to capitalise. 
The Jets then had a man advantage after Maguire sat for hooking on 10.05. The Buccaneers killed off that penalty before giving the home side another power play chance when Taylor sat for two for tripping on 12.54. And while Slough attempted to pin their opponents in, Brindley Caps broke away unassisted and scored for 2-0 on 13.42, shorthanded goal. The Jets pulled themselves back into the game when Christian Moore and Erskine assisted Ollie Hemmings-Mayer for 2-1 on 16.24. Shortly after that, Caps sat for two for tripping on 17.29. With Slough working the puck to find openings, it ended up with Jack Goodchild going unassisted for 2-2 on 1749. Into the second and Romford retook the lead when Kazakhs and Hill assisted Tom Wilson for 3-2 on 2502, but it didn't last long as the Jets hit straight back as Holocker and Seb Moore assisted Jack Goodchild for his second for 3-3 on 2623. With some of the best point scorers in the league on show, this game was never going to disappoint. The Jets took a penalty when Harmon sat for two for cross-checking on 28-13, but the Jets returned the favour as Goodchild assisted Seb Moore to make it 4-3 on 30-08, short-handed goal. The Jets had to kill another penalty after Redmond sat for two for hooking, and with both teams even then, Tamarlin and Wilson provided for Artem Kazakhs to make it 4-4 on 39-15. The start of the third saw early penalties on both benches as Cave Humphrey and Tamarlin both sat for hooking, but after both teams returned to full strength, the Jets took the lead again when Lindgren assisted Dylan Holliker to make it 5-4 on 44-28. From the restart, the Bucks pushed again, and as the ref's hand went up for a delayed penalty, Phillips headed to the bench as Canis and Wilson assisted Leo Markey to make it 5-5 on 45-08, delayed penalty goal. A couple of penalties and plenty of chances, but for the second night in a row for Slough, overtime beckoned, and just as they did on Saturday night, the Jets took the extra point when the Holy Trinity struck as Goodchild and Christian Moore assisted Seb Moore on 60-43 for 6-5. An exceptional game of hockey. Man of the match for Seb Moore did not catch the Buccaneers player, but after a whirlwind weekend, the Buccaneers head coach Jason Buckman gave his thoughts to ZPG. Yeah, I think a couple of uh, really competitive fixtures at the weekend for the Buccaneers. Um, Saturday at home against Solent. Um, quite a tight game. Didn't feel we had the best of second periods, um, but to go into the third at 2-2 and then come away with a 3-2, 3-2 win will hopefully uh, build a lot of confidence with the guys. Um, into Sunday, short benched away in Slough for the second time this year. Um, never easy. They roll four lines pretty much and uh, obviously they're full of energy, but uh, it was a back and forth game, really competitive game. You know, we was up a couple of goals, they was up a goal. Um, eventually us going down 6-5 in OT, but like I say, that's that's the second time we've gone to Slough with a short bench and the second time we've gone to OT in Slough as well. So um, if they're potential playoff opponents, I think the guys uh, can take a lot away from those games, learn a lot and uh, yeah, push on for a strong finish to the end of the season. The final game of the weekend was down at the stables, Planet Ice Gillingham, as the Streatham Red Hawks made the trip to the Invicta Dynamos for this South Cup fixture. The visitors got started quickly in the first, forcing chances, but Ryder equal to all. The home side also had chances, but Milton equal to all. The first goal came in the 15th minute when Ben Ely Newman assisted Ryan Watt on 15.03 for 1-0. As the period was winding to a close, Streatham doubled their advantage when Miles and Skokan assisted JJ Pitchley on 19.24. Into the second, the Streatham extended their lead further when Miles assisted Ethan Lane on 28.30. After the goal, Streatham were on the penalty kill after Painter sat for two for slashing on 31 flat. 
Invicta failed to score in the power play, but with both teams back at full strength, they pulled one back when their own little holy trinity struck, with Saw and Springer Hughes assisting Stano Laszczak for 3-1 on 36-16. Stresson thought that extended their lead again, however the whistle had already blown so the goal was disallowed. Into the third, and Invicta were on the penalty kill when Dan Scott was given two for charging on 40-26, and in that power play, the Red Hawks made the Dynamos pay as Watt and Skokan assisted Luke Brittle for 4-1 on 41-25 power play goal. A little scuffle in the corner led to some penalties as Miles received 2 plus 2 for roughing and Oliver received 2 for cross-checking for the Moes, both on 46-39. Richard Harris took a slashing penalty on 51-31 and again it was Luke Brittle on the power play, this time assisted by Jared Lane for 5-1 on 53-19. A couple of minutes later and the game was dead and buried when Watt and Jared Lane assisted Ben Ely Newman for 6-1 on 56-06. On 57-40, Stratton took a bench penalty for too many men and on the power play, Laszczyk assisted Owen Dell to make it 6-2 on 58-04 power play goal. That's how it stayed. Man of the match performances from Brittle and Laming. Good to see him back so quickly after the unfortunate injury in Chumps from Saturday night. But a disappointing weekend for the Invicta Dynamos. Their head coach, Carl Lennon, gave his thoughts to ZPG. Not too much to say about this weekend, aside from the fact that it was a pretty disappointing performance um, on both days from, from our side. Um, we know we have to be better than that, and honestly, we can only really have ourselves to blame when it comes to it. On Saturday, uh, I thought Chelsea were the better team across the three periods. We had spells where we looked like we might get something going, but every time that happened, we kind of then fell into the trap of casual turnovers and um, misplaced passes and Ultimately, that then resulted in them taking the advantage, and you can't do that against a, a good team, and uh, certainly one that put up a, a good defensive display as well too. So, generally, a very poor Saturday night, and on Sunday, um, I think we started uh, okay. We had pretty good intensity in the first period, but we're unfortunate to concede a couple goals, um, and that ultimately killed any momentum that we had and any time we felt like we were getting back into it at 2-1 we then conceded a 3-1 goal and, and the sort of energy in life was sapped from us really but we have to be more resilient than that and um, that's the lesson I think we must take away from, from the weekend is that you know when, when we suffer in adversity we have to bounce back better and stronger than what we, what we did this weekend so, look, we have to put that behind us. Um, we have a big weekend ahead with a, a game down in Solent, which is a, obviously a challenge, bearing in mind the, the positions the two teams are in at the moment in the league. And, uh, you know, we're going to be um, pushing very, very hard to, to get that win on the board next weekend. And, um, you know, I'm sure they will be too from their side. So, looking forward to to that and the week between uh, so that the boys can get ourselves back on track. And after a three-point weekend, Stretton Redhawks player coach Ben Painter gave his thoughts. Yeah, we went into the game on Saturday um, playing Slough uh, in the league. Um, and we know it's always going to be a tough game against that team. They're, they're sat in the table where they are um, for a reason. They're, they're fast and well-drilled and um, got plenty of skill. So we went into that game and I think we started very well. I think we dominated the first period um, went into the period break 2-0 up and I think we probably just got a little bit away from what we do what we do well um, 
took off off the gas a little bit. Um, they scored a quick goal um, beginning of the second or the end of the first, but obviously the period ended early because of blood on the ice. But they scored a quick goal um, at the start of the second, um, and I think we just kind of got away. From, yeah, we just got away from what we do well. Um, let them back in the game, and then two-two. I think the third period was 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 better from us. It was, it was very evenly matched. I think up and down the ice, end to end game, um, and then and then into overtime, and they uh, we hit the bar. They come down and put the puck in the net, and it's just just the way it goes. But they're they're a good team. They're very skilled, and, and they got some guys that can put the puck in the net. We we know that. Um, but it, it um, it's it's we got a point out of the game, um, which in the, in our league run right now, it's it's, it's good. Um, we'll take we'll take that point, um, and then we we look look to Romford next week in the league for another two points, and hopefully seal it up. But um, yeah, it's a. Uh, it was a yeah, it was a good game of hockey actually, and uh, I think it was a if you're a spectator, it was probably a very good game to watch. Um, and then yeah, we went into Invicta in the Britain Cup, and uh, feels like we've played Invicta 500 times in the last two weeks. But um, yeah, I think we we dominated that game from start to finish. Really, we went there with, with knowing that with nothing but two points, and they had a full roster, and we had a, a very short roster. And um, yeah, I think I think we dominated. We we got back to what we do well. Um, we we were sort of doing the little things right. We kept it simple. It has to in that rink because you can't play nice hockey on that rink because it just bounces. And yeah, I think we uh, we we dominated the game start to finish, and, and the scoreline scoreline reflects that really. Um, I mean, the boys have been really digging deep lately. We've got currently got eight guys that are unavailable due to suspension or injuries, um, and the boys that are that are playing are logging some some really big minutes and and digging deep. And yeah, it's. Uh, Take my hats off to the lads. They, they keep pushing, and we've got we've got trophies on our mind, and we just we just keep going week by week, game by game. Well, after all the games were done, a cracking weekend again. It's time to have a look at who was the player of the week. Hi, it's Justin Wong, Kenny Wu from the Muddy Ducks, presenting Zero Pucks, given Britain Division Player of the Week. Player of the week this week then, after a cracking four-point weekend, scoring a hat-trick and getting an assist on both nights, this talismanic forward who pulled Chelmsford from, back from a 3-0 shocker in Oxford to get the win. This week's Player of the Week is Chelmsford Chieftain's Grant Bartlett. So now let's have a look at the table. Not many league fixtures in the Britain division this week as we were getting to grips with the Britain Cup, the new the new South Cup. But there were a couple of league fixtures. So we will start at the top. And it's the Slough Jets. Played 28-120, lost 8, 40 points. They've now finished their league campaign, so their playoff position is out of their hands. But top after that overtime victory on the high road against the Red Hawks. The Red Hawks fall to second place. 23 played, so five games to go. 119, lost three, and one overtime loss, 39 points. Then a little gap back to Chelmsford Chieftains in third, played 24, so one more than the Red Hawks. 16 wins, eight losses, 32 points. In fourth, the Solent Devils, played 23, 113, lost nine, one overtime loss, 27 points. And the Dynamos, played 23, 112, lost eight, three overtime losses, also 27 points. The gap is now a little smaller down to the Buccaneers, who do have a game in hand, 
played 22, won 8, lost 11, 3 overtime losses, 19 points. The City Stars picked up some points this weekend with their trip to MK. They've now played 25, won 4, lost 19, 2 overtime losses, 10 points. And sitting in 8th at the bottom is the MK Thunder. Played 20, so 8 games to play. Won 2, lost 18, 4 points. And creeping up towards the 200 goals conceded mark as well. So that is the Britain table. Let's have a look at the fixtures for the upcoming week. As we just said previously, obviously, Slough have finished their league fixtures, so we'll just have some cup fixtures to play. And, of course, that cup final coming up next week. Uh, but Slough will host Streatham on February the 17th for a 6.30pm face-off at the Hangar in the Britain Cup. The early face-off that day sees the Invicta Dynamos head to the Solent Devils for a league clash 5pm face-off down there. And the Chelmsford Chieftains head to the Thunderdome to face MK at 7pm. Sunday sees the Thunder travel to the stables to face Invicta in a 5.45pm face-off. 6pm at the Riverside for a charity game raising funds and awareness for Cancer Research UK as Chelmsford take on Slough in the Britain Cup. And the Red Hawks can wrap up the league title if they take two points from the Romford Buccaneers on Sunday at the High Road, 6.45pm. That's it then, all done. Episode 80 is in the bank. Uh, as I said earlier, later this week I'll be joining uh, the guys Mark and Watty over at 4000 and Counting. So we'll be discussing the NIHL 1 and 2 North and South playoffs. Um, they did an episode about it a couple of weeks back. Didn't quite get all the facts straight, but they're all out there now for discussion. Um, so I'll be giving you know more of my opinion on it over there. Um, sort of not really always playing devil's advocate, but just getting my point across then, and I'll just try and enjoy the weekend if I get to go. So really looking forward to joining Mark and Watty. Uh, Nicky appeared on Zero Pucks, I think it was back episode 19, back in the day. So yeah, really good to go and catch up with the boys. They are by far the biggest ice hockey podcast in the UK. So it's always great to check in with them and see how they are doing. Well, thank you so much for listening. Another shout out to everybody that's involved in Zero Pucks Given. Of course, the Sports Social Podcast Network, Absolutely delighted to be part of the largest sport podcast network in Europe. The Hockey Art Co, Mike and everyone there doing fantastically stuff, fantastic stuff, incredible artistic clothing prints, incredible value as well. Uh, and don't forget to use the Zero Pucks Given discount code to get your 10% off ZP10. Uh, and of course, the new sponsor, Manscaped. You can get 20% off plus free shipping all Manscaped products on their website if you use the code, all caps, Zero Pucks, all one word, Get your 20% off. Don't forget, boys, when you trim the bushes around the crease, the goal looks even bigger. So thank you once again for listening. Make sure you follow all the socials. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube so that you don't miss a thing. Later this week, uh, I've got another episode coming up with Streatham tough man Brandon Miles. Uh, there's been a notable theme with the questions coming in for Brandon, uh, and I'm sure that'll be a good chat. We did catch up at the playoff finals last year. But obviously this time, a bit more time, we'll be having a bit of a deep dive behind the psychology of one of the most deadly smiles in the NIHL1. So thank you once again for listening, and I will see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.